felt like he wasn't changing and not that that was necessarily bad. I mean, he is who he is, but it was just like, I thought that I I wanted something different. I wanted something more. You're listening to Mom After Hours, a podcast where we talk about the wins and challenges of being a modern mom. For real, we don't sugarcoat and we cover everything that is taboo. And don't you worry, mama, we save a seat for you. We're happy to welcome Amy Blair to the show. Amy adores her main gig as a stay-at-home mom to a very wise 15-year-old son and a super spunky two-year-old daughter. As an aspiring author, she loves to write and finds it very cathartic. She loves to look for inspiration in everything and hopes to inspire others through her writing. Amy, welcome to Mom After Hours. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. Welcome, Amy. I'm glad this day is finally here. Um, I wanted to start us off with one of our favorite questions, and that is, what did your morning look like today? My morning? Well, it was kind of, uh, it's pouring down rain here. It seems like it's always raining anymore, and um, we're just we're groggy and we're sleepy. My two-year-old kept telling me, I'm sleepy, I'm sleepy. <laughs> and uh, so just sitting around watching a lot of Coco Melon. And, oh my gosh, Coco Melon. I haven't watched that in a long time. <laughs> and, and Blippi. She's into Blippi now. So just a lot of YouTube and playing and not a whole lot today. That sounds like us. I remember Violet used to always watch the... Um, yeah, Coco Melon or whatever. She would watch that all the time. Now she's hooked on Peppa the Pig, <laughs> some other b- little baby bum songs. She's like getting hooked back on those nursery rhyme stuff or whatever. But we are also big Peppa people right now. Amy, where are you located? I am in Southeast Missouri. Southeast Missouri. Okay. I was wondering when you said, um, I remember that now, but when you said lots of rain, so I'm outside of Boston, it's just lots of, actually, it's not that bad. It's, you know, global warming is definitely affecting us up here in the Northeast because it's in the forties pretty much every day here. And that is, yeah. yeah. So, so Amy, we're really looking forward to hearing your story. Um, we're going to be focusing today primarily on your really personal and empowering story about remarrying your ex-husband. I almost wanted to say unique, but I think we're going to, I don't know, maybe we'll find out that it's not super unique. It's actually not. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why when I was thinking that word, I'm like, maybe it's not, maybe it's not totally unique, but we're going to, that's what we're going to focus on today. But before we go there, could you recap your motherhood journey for us? Whenever I was young, I never really thought about having kids. It just... I didn't know if I did or didn't. I just didn't give it much thought. And then as a young adult, uh, I was diagnosed with PCOS. So that kind of makes it harder. And again, it's kind of like, okay, well, whatever. (laughs) And for those Um, who don't know, what what is PCOS? I mean, I know what it is, but. It's polycystic ovarian syndrome. You get little um, cysts on your ovaries. It just makes it hard to ovulate and it can cause some fertility issues. So dealing with that, and I think they had just put me on Provera. So they were trying to stimulate just everything working and, and it never did. And I, like I said, I was young. I was a different person back then. 
I didn't give a whole lot of thought to anything. I did my 10 days of that and that was it. And get ahead to like two, three months down the road and I was feeling terrible. I was thrown up. I was tired. And it never even occurred to me that I could be pregnant because they just told me that that would be really difficult down the road whenever I'm ready to do that. But sure enough, went to the doctor, they did a blood test and he said, nothing's wrong with you. You're just pregnant. And I'm like, what? Wow. The medicine really worked. (laughs) Ronnie is my husband. Uh, We weren't married then, but uh, I told him and he was just kind of like, okay, well, I guess we're doing this. You know, (laughs) neither one of us were too freaked out about it. And then you skip ahead um, to 13 years down the road, kind of the same story, Um, except I didn't have symptoms. I just wasn't having a period. One day finally decided to take a test because I kept having spasms in my stomach. And uh, sure enough, it was positive. And it was like, what? My son is 13. Like we are so (laughs) past this. Like what? Yeah, it's. I'm sure that was a huge shock for both it you and your partner. Shock. Yeah. And just just to be clear for our listeners, the um, father of your son and your daughter is your current husband, former ex husband, and that's yeah. the story we're going to unpack. That's right. Yeah, yeah. we're going to get to that. Um, there was a lot that happened in between those 13 years for sure. Let's talk about your relationship with your current and former ex-husband. So, you know, as we mentioned earlier, so you guys had married at one point and then for some reason you guys had divorced. Um, Do you mind digging into a little bit about why you divorced and what brought you back together? Yes. We married just probably a year after we had our son. Um, It was just like what you do, you know, it just seemed like Mm -hmm. the right thing. Um, Especially like my grandma was like, you know, you need to get married. Um, So we did. It was, it was not a big deal. And um, we had, you know, already been living together for a few years at that point. So we got married and then um, skip ahead probably like, oh goodness, like eight years or so after that, I had got to a place to where I felt like a, just a completely different person. And I was, I mean, I, I was a completely different person. Um, from when we met, I, I felt like I was changing. I felt like he wasn't changing and not that that was necessarily bad. I mean, he is who he is, but it was just like, I thought that I, I wanted something different. I wanted something more. The way that we met was not really intentional. I had just gotten out of a very intense relationship. It just kind of seemed like we just started running with it when we first met and it just didn't seem very intentional. So I had started questioning everything like, is this who I'm supposed to be with? So So, did you guys, did you, do you think that you married him initially just because you had a child together and because like you said, you know, you thought that might've been the right thing to do. And yeah, I mean, I, I loved him. We loved each other. You know, we cared for each other and he's a really, really great guy. But I do feel like it was like, well, you know, you guys, you know, we have a, we have a child now and he needs to, we all need to have the same last name and this is what you do. That's so funny about the last name thing that you mentioned, because that was the same case for my husband and I, where I had just gotten a divorce probably like, I don't know, two and a half years earlier. And 
I was not ready to get married again so soon. Um, he was, I mean, my husband then boyfriend, I, we had, I knew like that I would likely marry him because he is an amazing guy, but I wasn't expecting to get remarried so soon. But once Violet, you know, once I was pregnant with Violet, all of a sudden I like those things matter to me. Like I want to have the same last name as my child and I want to do it the right way. And I don't know why that's such a big deal. Like, okay, the last name has to be the same, but I was the same way where I'm like, no, my last name has to be the same. So I told my husband, I'm like, okay, well, I know, or my boyfriend at the time, like, I know we've talked about, you know, getting married in the future. And I know this is sooner than we thought, but you know, I want to be married before Violet comes because I want my last name to be your last name on her birth certificate. Yeah, so we kind of did the, <laughs> okay, we're going to get married sooner than later. Then, you know, family was teasing us about like, oh, you're having a shotgun wedding. Da, da, da. And it's <laughs> like, I'm not marrying him just because I'm ha- because we had a baby. Yes, it's making me do it faster. Because I mean, I would definitely have married him whether Violet was born or not, because I just, I feel like he's truly my soulmate. He's the guy that I'd been waiting for my whole life that, you know. But, um, but it's so funny that last name thing. I think that's how did your, so you mentioned your grandma kind of, you know, like when you first got married about yeah. or when you found out you had the kid, how did your family and friends react when you guys decided to get back together? Like what brought you guys back together? We just, well, first of all, both of us dated, we dated around, we were in some relationships. Um, we were divorced like three years. Um, and we would get together and we would like laugh about these dates that we would go on and these other people and dating websites. And just like, it seemed like everybody was so crazy and dating was hard and you get these people that you just so don't relate to. And you're just like, what? And it just, I think we both were appreciating what we had. I know I was for sure. And so we started hanging out. Um, we always kind of did things as a family still, even though we were divorced, but we started doing more like taking, you know, two hour road trips to the zoo. And just, we started just kind of hanging around each other, not really intentionally, but just like kind of just enjoying each other's company again. And uh, it just got to the point to where, he was always over at the house, like more than he wasn't. And he's paying rent and I'm paying rent. And it's like, what are we doing? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you're commiserating over your blind dates and all of your weird Tinder. Like I didn't, I know Tinder is still fairly new, but were you like, were you guys on like the dating app stuff? And then you're like, oh my gosh, this guy messaged me or this girl messaged me. And yeah, I, I was, I don't know if he was, I mean, he, he was dating, but I was on like plenty of fish and okay. Cupid. And, um, just, you know, like people are not serious on there. And if they are, they're like kind of catfishing you, you go to meet Mm -hmm. them and and some of them take it like a booty call thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. 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 So it's so hard. Yeah, it's hard. And that's I'm sure you guys had plenty of stories to share with each other, too. You and your boyfriend, yeah. ex slash whatever it was at that point. But yeah, I, I can imagine the things that you went through and then commiserating together. And then, yeah. So as you guys started looking, like looking a little deeper and thinking, gosh, we're spending so much time together where you're like, you know what? 
maybe we should get back together. (laughs) What was the turning point that made you realize like, shit, maybe I made a mistake. Maybe we shouldn't have gotten divorced. Like I mentioned before, I had, I had never been on my own at 17. I left home was with this older guy, lived with him for a couple of years. And then when that went bad, just kind of jumped right into this relationship with my, well, my husband now. And so I had never lived on my own. I'd never been independent. And I think I was seriously lacking. Like, you know, I wanted to know what that felt like. So I think it was beneficial for sure um, that we were apart for me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so you're I, able to kind of sew your oats a little bit possibly. Well, I guess yeah. if you're going on dating websites, you could be like, okay. Cause it seems, cause if you were at 20 years old or whatever, and you're jumped right into a relationship with an older mm-hmm. guy, then you're probably serious for a bit. So you didn't yeah. maybe have that time to kind no. of. No, I, I had never even dated on. before or anything like that. Um, so it's like, I had to go through all this to figure out you know, like what I wanted and what was important. And, um, you know, I kind of was starting to get into another serious relationship and, and he had a lot of kids and there was no mom in the picture and just putting my son in that, I mean, they, it was, it was pretty chaotic. (laughs) And I was just like, you know, I really don't want my son to, have a step parent. I don't really want to have to blend him into somebody else's chaotic situation. It just doesn't seem worth it for me. Like what I had was not that bad. I mean, it wasn't bad really at all. I just thought that it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was just naive and immature. Hindsight 2020, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so well, it seems like from your story, Amy, Sorry to interject, oh, no, no, but no. you were quite young when you initially got married to your current husband, right? So yeah. it sounds like you kind of had a lot of growing up to do, um, especially with a, a somewhat of a surprise pregnancy Definitely. early on in that relationship. So what are some of the things that you did, or may, I don't even know if you're conscious of the men, but maybe as you look back that gave you some independence during that time away. Um, you know, kind of like how did you establish yourself or, or what was different about that time? Like how were you able to kind of come back to the relationship and in, in a different state of mind? Well, it's, it's hard to single parent. <laughs> it's mm. hard to be the only one, um, you know, paying bills and, And I mean, he was, we had joint custody, but it's still just, you know, you have to learn to get into your own routine and, you know, that other person is not waking up beside you and you are going about your day completely on your own, which at first it was like, okay, you know, like I'm going to do things different and, you know, I can do this. And, but then after a while, it's like, that was actually really valuable it, it's valuable to be in a relationship, to have your child's parent there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes. I mean, I, I, I learned a lot from it. So who was the one that kind of was the driving force about like, getting back together? Like, how did that conversation go? Well, he never, he never really wanted to be a part in the first place. So it was yeah. an easy yes for him <laughs> once you started thinking, hmm, maybe yeah. we should get back together. He's like, oh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So he kind of jumped right into it. 
Yeah. We, we just all, you know, I mean, it was just us three, just me, him and our son. And, you know, like I said, just spending more time together, he would stay over, watch movies and, and all this. And, and we just kind of got to that point to where like, we are together way more than we are apart anymore. This divorce is just like not sticking. (laughs) (laughs) And um, like I said, it just, we, we went outside one day on the porch and we had a conversation of, you know, what we would need for both of us to make it work um, again and what he wanted me to stop doing, what I wanted him to stop doing, what we, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and we pretty much felt good. I mean, we felt good about him going ahead and like moving back in. And it's funny when, whenever we came in from outside, our son had made us like sandwiches and cookies and like, put like set up a little like lunch for us and then wrote a note. I love you, mom and dad. And it was just like that sealed the deal. It was like, my son is, is a lot like his dad and he doesn't, he doesn't seem like an emotional kid. He's not dramatic. He's easygoing, laid back. And I had no idea how much it was affecting him. He never let on to me, but he knew that we were out there talking about, you know, his dad moving back. And it was just kind of like, he's in the house. Like, how can I just, you know, make everything okay for them and, and show them how much I want them to both to be together. And, so, so when we went in. <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead. When we went in and saw that, we were like, "This, this is the right thing to do." <laughs> so, who's That's the first so person? Yeah, that is super sweet. I probably would have been crying if my kid did that. <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> <laughs> so, who was the first person that you called when you like, okay, we're gonna get back together? Like when you guys were talking at that point, and you're sitting there, was your point? Was your goal to get back together or was your goal at that point is let's get married and then no marriage was never on the table um not that we necessarily made a point to take it off we just wanted to get back together and the first step was him moving in and we didn't we didn't really I mean talk about it very much. It was kind of like, yeah, I've been there, done that. You know, like if we're living life exactly how we did before and we're together and we're a family, do we need to make it legal? You know, like how important is that? So we kind of let that ride for a while. (laughs) And how did your, your family and friends or your support system react to that? Uh, Were they supportive? My, well, they weren't unsupportive. They were just kind of like, make up your mind. Like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> how, how do you say op, um, cautiously optimistic? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, like both of my grandmothers, you know, like the older generation, they're like, yes, you're getting your family back together. This is great. Um, my mom, my sister, people I knew, they're just like, are you sure? Like, are you sure this is what mm-hmm. you want to do? You know? And it's like, I got this, you know? (laughs) Yeah, totally. So with my, with my divorce experience, mine is completely different, but we were, I was with my ex. We were together, I think for a total of 12 years. Um, and for those first 10 years, it was pretty much my whole twenties. I mean, we were on and off a little bit, but we had never talked about marriage during that time at all. And it wasn't until we had a breakup 
And then I thought that was our final breakup. And I ended up moving to Spain and kind of, you know, I was teaching English and I was doing this thing. I had finished college a little bit late. So I wasn't, I didn't do the traditional, like go to college right after high school. Like I was actually had plans to go into the military. Shit happened that didn't work out. So I was kind of like a little lost puppy for a little while. So I ended up going to college a little bit later. So as a reward to myself, I'm like, or uh, kudos. I'm like, you know, I didn't get that traditional college experience, you know, where I'm going out partying or I'm living on campus or whatever. So I'm like, I want to have this live abroad experience. So I ended up moving abroad and teaching and doing that stuff. And then long story short, he came out there, even though we were broken up, he came out there, he proposed to me. Oh, my and gosh. he said that he had gotten everything together. He'd gotten his shit together and he was a changed person and he wanted me to come back to California. So originally I had a plan of after I was done with Spain, I was moving to Boston because my mom was living out there at the time. And also Emily and her family and all them cool people, they were out there too. I had a job lined up. I was moving to Boston after. So that so he proposed to me too because he loved me and then he wanted me to come back to California. So long story short, we got married after I pushed it back a little bit. And I think deep down, he he was an amazing guy. He was a really good guy, good heart. He just was not the right guy for me. And we just had conflicting goals, different lifestyles. And I basically, uh, we were only married two years. After two years, I'm like, so I can't live my life like this. And I won't get into the nitty gritty of why we divorced because I'll, you know, out of respect for him. But I knew that he was not the one. So when I went, when I had my divorce, I knew like, I mean, even though I was still grieving and it was very difficult, you know, even despite me being the initiator, it was, it was very hard, but I knew that I was making the right decision. And to me now I've found the guy that I've been waiting for, for a long time. And the guy that I had pictured myself with my whole life where we're totally on the same page. So it kind of just shows that, you know, there's a lot of non-traditional relationship stories that are out there. And, you know, there are a lot of marriages that end in divorce that can't be reconciled. But in your case, you know, your, your case is different. And what's funny is I know we mentioned, like, is this a common thing? I actually know a couple other people who have done this exact thing. Oh, um, really? For different reasons, too. Yes. I was actually talking about the show episode with a friend. They're like, oh, yeah, I know like two or three people who've done this and actually one who's doing it right now. And I'm like, that is so crazy. I'm like, it's so it's actually like more common than I thought. And I know you touched base on this a little bit, but in your case, do you think that you brought any wisdom into your relationship when you remarried that you did not have the first time around? Uh, a lot more maturity, <laughs> a lot more respect. Um, I, whenever I was younger and when we were together and how we ended up being together, I, I just didn't, I probably didn't have a lot of respect for him. I mean, I know that I didn't. Um, and now I see him in a new light and we're older and we actually have, from the time we met until now, like 20 years under our belt. I mean, we have seen each other at our worst. We've seen each other at our best. You know, um, we, we have two kids together, almost a third. <laughs> um, but I, I am much more mature. I'm much wiser. I don't feel like the grass is greener on the other side anymore because I have seen the other side. <laughs> um, 
So I think, I think I've changed a lot. Um, he's definitely more mature too. And before it was just, I felt like everything was like make or break. Like, Oh, you don't like this. I, I like to do this and you don't like to do it. Like I need to find someone more compatible, you know? And now mm-hmm. it's just like, no, like everybody's different. Like I, we can work with this. This is fine. Like yes. everybody's going to have their own interests. Everybody's going to want to do their own things differently. And that's, that's marriage. <laughs> You're right. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I feel like this generation specifically, especially in this swipe right, swipe left generation, people are not giving people a proper chance. They're seeing like, oh, well, he doesn't look cute enough or she doesn't look thin enough or she's not ambitious enough. She's not this and that. And they're just disqualifying people before truly getting to know them. And they're just, it's like, you're never going to have a perfect person. Yes. I feel like I've found a pretty damn perfect person for me, but I mean, we all have our, you know, we all have our pros and cons, but I feel like we, this generation, it's like marriage requires a lot of work and people are not perfect. And you've got to ask yourself before diving in, is this something that I could live with for the rest of my life? Or is this something that I'm always going to dwell on and regret? And that was one thing that I did not ask myself before I, before my first marriage. Like I had doubts even before we'd gotten married, but I did not ask myself, Brandy, can you, would you be content if X, Y, Z did not happen? Will you be content if he decides not to do this or that, or he continues to do this or that? I didn't ask myself those questions. And maybe if I had, maybe that divorce wouldn't have happened, or maybe we would have never gotten married or whatever. Um, but I, I think that that's such an important point is that no one is perfect. So you, it's, it's worth the extra effort and figuring out what are the true causes for your frustrations and your anger? And why do you want to have a divorce? You know, like digging a little bit deeper. And believe me, there's definite huge reasons for a divorce. Like to me, if guy cheats, well, I know people, you know, where their partners cheated and they were very gracious and they continue to work on it and they're still married today. And then I know people whose partner cheated. And for them, that's a no way. Nope. If you cheat or you do drugs, boom, you're out, done deal. No questions asked. So it's all basically, you know, what you're comfortable with. But I think it's just, it's very different day and age now. (laughs) Yeah. That's actually something I had on my notes is like, that is, if I would have just known when I was younger, what are you looking for? What do you need? What, you know, what needs do you need to be met? What, what needs can you meet? Um, everything would have been different. You just, you have to look at things. You have to look at every scenario going into it. So I agree with you totally. <laughs> I was listening this morning to, I listen to audiobooks a lot and I was listening to the seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey, I believe. Yes. There's a connection here. He was talking, he talks a lot in the book about really kind of com- it's a lot about business, but also a lot about relationships. And he was talking about that we're always chasing this feeling of love. Now, I'm this is the way I'm interpreting it. So, you know, experts on this book might think differently, but we're chasing the feeling of love where love is a verb. And so sometimes when we don't have that feeling of being maybe in love anymore, we think that there's something wrong. And it might just be a time in your relationship where you have to focus on 
like the verb of love, which what does it mean to love someone? It's, you know, to listen to them, to reassure them, to be there for them. Like, it's not all about the feeling. Not that I'm saying the feeling isn't important and feeling in love isn't important, but we can hit some periods in our relationships, especially when you have little kids. Like, you know, you have to put some work into that relationship and it might not have all of like the bells and whistles that it did maybe when you were first dating or when you had more time together. And sometimes that is the harder work of the relationship, you know, to kind of ride through those times. Yes. And that just sort of resonated with me when I was listening to that, like, what you know, what is love? And love isn't always, you know, the the butterflies. Mm-hmm. Um, Where was this book when I needed it? Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, well, I really wish somebody would have told me that love is not. You know, like I said, my first relationship was so intense in every aspect. You know, when it was really good, it was really good. When it was really bad, it was really bad. So I come into this to where everything's just smooth. You know, and just and it's like this is not love. You know, and right. I wish somebody would have told me like love is not just this intense like obsession or feeling or anything like that. Love is a whole lot more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it depends on what was modeled for us too, right? Depending on what our, you know, parents' relationships were, relationships mm-hmm. around us that can really set in a lot of programming that we have. And yeah. similarly to the fact that like, we're not really taught that much. I think this might be changing now, but you know, we're not taught a lot about the fundamentals of like living a life in school (laughs) when you're younger, (laughs) like about, you know, like balancing a checkbook and things like that. You're not really taught like how to be in relationships with people um, as you're growing up. And if you're not modeled something that is generally positive, then it's sort of like, you kind of have to figure it out. And so without having that as a backdrop, I think that can be really hard to know, like, is this appropriate? Is this for me? Is this not for me? Is this the way, you mm-hmm. know, I feel like people should be treated? How do I want to treat people? So I, it can be a hard learning lesson. Absolutely. Yeah. So my parents are divorced. Are your parents divorced, Amy? Uh, yes. Yeah. My mom, my mom and my dad were only together, like maybe the first year of my life. Yeah. Mine too. So I was raised with a stepdad. Okay. Mine too. Exact same. Yeah. My dad was in the military and he was gone for most of the time. So like, I, I don't have any memories of my parents being together. So it's, it was my mom and my stepdad that raised me until high school. And then my mom and I started bucking heads and I'm like, okay, time to go to dad's house. (laughs) And then I, and then it was with my dad and my stepmom my other siblings and stuff. So yes, divorce, being a product of a divorced environment definitely impacts your view of marriage and all that comes with it. I totally agree with that. Well, and it's also scary too, because you hear all these stats of, you know, like everyone's getting divorced and you almost Mm -hmm. feel like it's inevitable these days, right? And I, I think that's really discouraging. And instead of focusing on that, it's like, how can we focus on, 
how to grow together. And that's sort of what I heard you say, Amy, too, at the same time, like you kind of had to somewhat grow up on your own. And I think there's a wisdom as you get older in your relationship. Like, at least this is my personal experience. Me and my husband did everything together when we were first together, even before marriage. You know, we like, we're doing the same sports, the same activities and stuff like that. And as we'll be celebrating our, um, we've been together for nine years, um, and now we know we have different interests and it's okay for us to both be like growing independently, but we have this relationship together. And that definitely took maturity for me to say like, oh, we're, we're, I'm going to do different things. That sounds kind of dependent. But at first I thought that was what it was. You found someone that was interested in everything you were interested in. And it takes confidence and maturity, I think, to realize like you are still your individual people Mm-hmm. And you're Definitely. in a relationship. Yeah. That's true. Um, so for the moms that are listening out there who may be able to relate to your experience or maybe have different non-traditional relationship stories, what would your advice to them be? Examine everything from the beginning. You know, like you don't don't rush into anything. You need to know that who you are going to marry, it, I mean, it is a commitment. and you know, love is not just super romantic all the time. And, you know, just, it takes a lot of maturity. You need to know what you need out of a relationship. Um, And if you are divorced from your husband and thinking about getting back together, (laughs) all you have to do is think about your kids, you know, how are they looking at this? How are they doing with this? Because, For me, it was just, that was, it was so worth it for him to grow up, for my son to grow up in a house with his mom and his dad. And there was nothing, you know, there was no abuse or drug addiction or anything like that, that, you know, just because I hadn't realized certain things didn't mean that he had to suffer, you know. So I just, I say, you know, look at your kid's perspective, think about them first and don't throw something away just because, you know, you don't have the exact same interest or feel the exact same way. Or you feel like it's lost its flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to be one of the, probably the 500th person to say, I'm very happy for you. And I'm very happy that you were able to reconnect with your ex in a positive way and be able to work it out and be able to combine your families back together and, you know, allow your children yeah. to have that stability and that stable family life. And I know it's not possible for everyone, but for those that can do it, you know, I, I feel like, you know, it's worth asking yourself those questions that you posed. You know, I feel like it's it's worth digging a little bit deeper. And nowadays, like I said, it seems like it's becoming a bit more common. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so Amy, what are you excited about this year? Do you have anything on the horizon personally or, you know, kind of passion pursuits um, that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, I'm super excited that I make it, made it through a first my first year of blogging. I didn't know yeah. where that was going to end up. Thanks. So I'm definitely going to continue down that avenue. I'm hoping to grow my followers, you know, grow my platform. I have started a book and, you know, I'm just hoping to, to continue 
that path and be brave enough to put it out there. <laughs> yeah. And so you are really so cool. good about that. You are so good. Your writing is so good. It like totally draws you in. And I'm super excited for that book to come out when it does come out. You got to let us know because I would be happy to share it with my with my friends and stuff Thank because you so much. you're a, an excellent writer and I can't remember if we had talked about this on air or not, but you write, a, you write, you know, for other websites, for her view from home and filter free mm-hmm. parents. And, you know, you've got amazing content. Um, so I'm proud of you. You're doing Thank good. Thank you so much. Um, you never wanted- know when you start something like this. Yeah. No, you're awesome. But, you know, I'm, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story because we know there are tons of moms out there whose romantic relationships have gone through ups and downs and that can be very painful to talk about, you know, so I, we really, really appreciate your candidness and your vulnerability. Well, I appreciate you guys having me. So where can our listeners find out about your awesome writing and where else can they learn more about you? Okay. I have a website. It's www.northforth spelled out North Fourth, and then st for street.com um, on Facebook as North Fourth st and Instagram as Amy Blair 2.0. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much, Amy. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Mom After Hours. If you'd like to connect with our guest, Amy Blair, or learn more about anything we mentioned in today's show, check out the show notes at momafterhours.com forward slash episodes. And make sure to share Mom After Hours with your mama friends. Sending you love until next time. Bye.